things that I really care about as it relates to pro wrestling is presentation. Because to me, presentation is everything. We have to understand what it is that we're watching, right? We're watching something that is kind of a nod and a wink and saying, okay, well, you kind of get what's going on, but don't disrespect me with it. If you tell me, if you show me that nothing matters, if you show me that everything is cartoonish in nature, then I'm less interested because I want to believe. I need to, for the purposes, for the time that I'm watching, I actually want to believe. I want to be engaged. I don't want to have to sit there in the moment and be overly critical of this. No, I know the story of these characters. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? I have a vested interest in one of these people. So I want my person to win. That is how I watch and take in pro wrestling when done effectively. When it's not done effectively, I'm mad as hell. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you uh, in Recorded Glory to the premiere episode of Give Me the Book, a weekly wrestling podcast where we discuss the happenings of the wrestling world and maybe even John Cena's Instagram. Yes. So this is being our premiere episode. I think we should introduce ourselves, who we are, give a little background, not too much. We don't want to bore the folk out there, but just, you know, just a little low down. Uh, my name is Mike Alloy. I have been a wrestling fan since the late 90s uh, back in Russia, where we first got our little dose of wrestling. Uh, specifically, out of the league, we had Nitro and SmackDown. Those were the two things I had access to. No pay-per-views, but, you know, they did a pretty good job summarizing what happened on the, on the episodes after. Uh, came to America in 2001. It's got into the, all the WWE stuff. Was a fan till around 2004, lapsed, got back into it when I started doing comedy, and I've uh, been watching it since 2012, discovered NXT through amazing matches between Sami Zayn and uh, Cesaro, discovered New Japan through amazing matches with uh, Tanahashi and Okada, discovered AEW at the same time we all discovered it, uh, and also quit comedy at some point <laughs> during that time. Uh, my host, the person who has, I would say, more wisdom and more knowledge to share with you all. Please introduce yourself. Uh, you guys doing? My name is Satoyo. I have been a wrestling fan since I was four years old. Uh, so that's 1988. I remember the first wrestling match that I saw was between Sting and Ric Flair. It was not Clash of the Champions. It was a Saturday show. Um, and I was utterly enthralled with Sting. I thought he was the coolest looking person I had ever seen because back then he actually was. And uh, I was I was hooked from there, like me and my father, we watched pro wrestling and all that business and uh, stayed pretty loyal to it. Uh, kind of fell off after the Triple H reign of terror era like that kind of I watched as little of WWE as I could. I would peep some other things that that were guys that I liked. And uh, then around 2009, made the decision to complicate my life and start stand up comedy Um Continued watching professional wrestling, was really into the New Japan stuff of the 90s um, and the 2000s during that time period, was into the tape trading uh, business of that era. So I was really deep into that, mostly getting Japan stuff. So I've been a pretty avid watcher, uh, NXT, Ring of Honor, been very impressed of it. So I just, I am, uh, I, I do love professional wrestling, even when it may, I'm one of those, even when it upsets me thoroughly. I'm like a Cleveland Browns fan. I'll see you next week. <laughs> right? doesn't, doesn't matter what you did, what you did. Even if I think it's statistically impossible to mess this up, I'll see you Sunday. You know, that's me. As an Eagles fan, it is good to have somebody to look down upon. I will yeah. say this <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. The, on the hierarchy. Yes. Yeah, so you do get to have that. You do get to have, you guys have what a Super Bowl. So <laughs> But yeah, um, I do think we, you know, um, 
again, as a former comic, as a current comic, I hope we can keep this entertaining. I think as a lifelong wrestling fans, again, lifelong, using the term loosely for some of us, um, I think we can bring a good amount of knowledge. And uh, I think this is why we're here. And I think what a, what a great week do we start with. I think yes. there's a lot of stuff happening. Yes. Don't really know what the lead is. I think the lead for this week should still be the fact that we got a new WWE champion. Yes, like the Miz, yeah. the Miz has cashed in on the Elimination Chamber. Yep. Uh, I thought it was a good way to add some intrigue into WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's making a lot of people happy, and that's nice. Um, I, I reckon that I always knew with Miz after his first run, I knew he's going to get it again. I, I always figured that he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't take time off. He has done a very, very good job of making the family business of the McMahons, his family business, by keeping his wife very integrated into the thing. And listen, I mean, they felt that he was bankable enough to give him his own reality TV show um, on the USA Network. So to me, I knew he wasn't going to get the belt right away again because, quite frankly, it made no sense. But it's one of those things where um, he gets the he's a he's a rung above Kofi Kingston in that um, Kofi got it because he should have got it a long time ago. Miz is kind of in that same air, and it had been a while since you had a chicken shit heel as champion. So I reckon that's where they felt they needed to go. Two questions. Now, how do you do you agree? A lot of people were split on this. A lot of people, yeah. I think, but again, a lot of people, I think because we we're so used to the idea of a strong champion that sure. them, it's weird to see somebody who pretty much loses all the time, except when it matters, which I guess is pretty much Miz's gimmick, at least for the past, I would say, year, right? I mean, that was that was in a sense, that was Ric Flair's gimmick. You know, I mean, I mean, Ric Flair, Ric Flair never, if you really think, never really won until he needed to win especially when he was a heel in the 80s. I mean, and when the guy did win, it was a DQ. He was clearly beat. He was clearly defeated and diminished. Uh, but when that title was on the line, that's when somehow he would find a way to win. As as to how I feel, I feel that there are better chicken shit heels than Miz. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, th I know that Miz is a very, very hard worker. I will not take that away from him. He's never resonated with me uh, as a worker. I've never really felt that way about him. I thought that... He the hottest that he ever was was because of Daniel Bryan because he took all his moves. So that's just where which is a good I heel always, move to be fair. Yeah, which is which is a great heel move, which is a great. So I I understand and I respect that. Um, but I don't think it didn't make me feel anything positive. But I don't think it's a bad. It's like when JBL became champ, I had a visceral reaction. Well, like, that was like because my reaction uh -huh. was when um when he won the championship and that's the way the the elimination chamber ended i actually wanted yeah. to watch raw the next night yes, yeah. because yeah. there were so many moving parts now whereas exactly. you kind of assumed there was going to be drew mcintyre going in and continuing the streak and who but now there's like about seven parts that you could plug in and you know there still definitely. are so no, definitely it, it it did its job in that regard i mean I, again i think the ratings were even slightly up a bit so it it got people it, again you're going into wrestle the, the final run of the road to wrestlemania you're gonna want to have people engaged and you're gonna want to give people a reason to look and oftentimes it's better to have your top baby face coming from up underneath to chase and get the thing back as opposed to having them go in solidly as the top guy um so i think that that kind of works in their favor and also you know, Miz is not the only option in this equation. So I think that one of the good things that they've done, and I will give them credit where credit is due, uh, on Raw at the top of the card, they have built strongly enough at the top of that card that you may not have six or seven guys that could be in that position as the WWE champion or in that position, but you do have about three to four guys that can be in there, and that's still very good. That's still yeah. very good. If you have a Bobby Lashley, a Randy Orton, who you can throw in at any time, a Fiend, you can throw it at any time, a Miz, a Drew McIntyre, like that's pretty good. And Drew just came off of beating Goldberg. So everyone understands that Drew's the man. That's not in question. You know what I'm saying? It's about how does the and man- And winning elimination chamber as well. Like exactly. he was dominant in the win. Exactly. So it's, so it's not even, it's not a question of like, and they took it off of him in the right way possible. They screwed him. You know, he, he beat all the odds and they screwed him. So everyone knows that Drew is the man. 
Now, so how does Drew get back into that position when he has these obstacles in front of him? Miz, because he's a coward and he will do anything to cheat. And Bobby Lashley, because Bobby is a Terminator. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Who's on par with him in terms of badassery. Now, I do agree with what you said as far as Miz being at best a capable worker. I think that's a good way of describing him. He's somebody who's capable, somebody who, when he's in the ring with one of the best in the world, he can give you a good four, four and a half star match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, and he doesn't get as much credit as he used to at least a few years ago, that he's one of the best talkers on the mic. I do think that he gets forgotten because he has to do a lot of silly stuff. And well, he, for the past well, he, few months, a lot of Miss TV episodes have been just silly yes. and not good. That's just yes. what it is. Yes. But on Monday Night Raw, once you give him a title, once you let him cut a, a more impassioned promo, I think he is as good at those impassioned promos as, honestly, anyone in the world. Um, and I do genuinely mean it. And what makes it even more impressive is that when Bobby Lashley comes out to confront him, he can, like this, revert right back into that chicken shit heel. And I think that's what makes him one of the best personalities. And the reason why, no, I don't want to see him have a long run with a title because he's not a guy who wins a lot. Not even with John Morrison. By, you know, we've seen him and John Morrison get their ass kicked for a majority of the year. Yeah, but he's somebody who can hold the title for a few weeks and make it intriguing. Yes, that, I, I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that he is a guy who can make it intriguing and, and you get the thing off of him. And But if he's got it for three months, I'm not paying attention. I'll be honest with you, I'm just not paying attention. And he is he is a good promo, especially within the WWE model, um, uh, because quite frankly, it's hard to really discern in their model what is good because – it's about who they they micromanage everyone, but we don't really know the guys who get to say what they want to say, how they want to say it. I would I would assume that sometimes he gets the opportunity to say what's he, to say things how, how he wants to say it. But, you know, it's it's like a lot of other people have said who no longer work in the WWE. Sometimes you're literally turning, uh, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad and after a while that's just very very hard so i do think that some with some of the silliest things that he's done i mean hey even if they're letting him write it how he wants to write it it's so dumb it doesn't really matter you know what i'm saying like there's not much that he can do but that was always the thing that he was strongest at. he was always a pretty good talker and um he has maximized that uh, and he understood all I need to do is be okay in the ring. And if I can just talk better than most people or just yell better than most people, and I will do all the public appearances that are asked of me, I will make myself uh, indispensable to a degree. Now let's talk about the other person who I think is at the top of the card, who I think the WWE has done a really, really good job building up on Monday Night Raw is Bobby Lash. Yes, I thought his you know, kind of uh, slow ascent, you know, going yeah. from kind of guy who we always knew had the capability, always had the look, but was never really kind of pushed to, you know, him, you know, having a long U.S. title run, have sure. looking dominant wins, have been female made much more compelling by her business and, yes. you know, MVP as his, as his mouthpiece. Although, you know, on Monday, I thought, you know, he, had, he said a few good lines and sounded believable yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a very, he had a very game promo. Yeah, and you know, and then he beat uh, Braun Strowman clean, and which doesn't happen a lot. Very, very convincingly, right then and there, Braun is sort of the gatekeeper to the main event, and when you can beat him in that fashion, I mean, you beat him in a more dominant way than Roman Reigns beat him in their last encounter. So you beat him clean with the spear. You look like a monster doing it, and you put him in that full Nelson. And you make the guy pass out. I think with Bobby Lashley, it's very interesting because when Bobby Lashley came back to the WWE, I knew they were not going to get it right. I figured this immediately. I knew because I was raving about Bobby Lashley and you and I had talked about this based off his TNA run where he was just he was just a killer. And him and Drew were doing great stuff in TNA. And he was literally him, Drew, Bobby Roode, Kurt Angle where they had really maximized in on who Bobby Lashley was, who was this legit badass guy. And he had this great sort of alpha male gimmick that was just fantastic. And I knew when he came to WWE, they were not going to do that until, you know, and then they stuck him with Lana and I was like, this guy's dead in the water. Um, But he did show um, another facet to himself, which is to be entertaining. I put that in quotation marks because that, appears to matter so much to Vince, even though a lot of the stuff that he puts together is not entertaining at all. Uh, but he showed a flexibility. He showed another layer to himself, and then they finally honed in 
with the Hurt Business, best stable in in all of WWE without question. But they finally utilized him properly with the U.S. title run. They made the U.S. title relevant again in that who is going to beat this guy for that title. And they did a really, really good job. Like it was literally after WrestleMania where he lost to Aleister Black. It was a reset. And for the whole year, they have been using him appropriately because one, he can work, um, he can sell, and he looks it. Not only does he look the part, but you know that he's actually a badass. He has an he's an MMA fighter. He has a better record than Brock Lesnar against high level talent. <laughs> so he's as he's as legit as they as they come. Uh, so yeah, they really put him into such a great position to where I'm just like, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta put that thing on him because he, he's that, uh, immovable object as it were. What, what do you think if you had to predict right now, do you think it's going to be, um, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? I would hope so. I think that would be the smart money play because those are the two guys that you've protected the most the entire year on that brand. And it would show a really, really good arc because while we've gotten away from this in certain aspects of professional wrestling within WWE anyway, I do believe that while not every mid-card champion should have the right to then become world's champion, some of those you have to show that natural progression. You do have to show, okay, this guy, it was clearly known that when Drew McIntyre was WWE champion, You could say whatever you wanted to say, but everyone understood if there was to be a number one contender, it was Bobby Lashley because Bobby Lashley was the United States champion and he was the United States champion that made the title mean something again, which it hadn't meant a lot in a while. You know, I mean, no, no disrespect to Andrade, who worked very, very hard. His stuff was right with Ray Mysterio was excellent. Uh, and then it got to Apollo and they did some cool things there, but it never had that momentum of being an upper echelon mid-card title, which it should be presented as. And he helped do that. And everyone knew, yeah, you got past, Lashley once, but Lashley went and got that belt again, and ain't nobody. He's he's everyone's tapping out. Everyone's passing out to this man. So everyone yeah, he, made, he made a full Nelson look legit painful. Yes, which is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And you you even even it's a full Nelson. You don't want that man to put you in that. That does look painful. It's yeah, sad. break your shoulder yeah. blades. Yeah, I don't need that problem. I got short-term health insurance. I don't need that type <laughs> complications in my life. So I, I think that would be the smart play um, because realistically, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna want some boys that can rumble them. And Drew and Bobby have both shown they have good chemistry together. They're not strangers to one another. And if you give them the time and give them the story, they could do something really, really good. I don't think they're main events WrestleMania. I do think it's, no, of course it's not, not going to close it. No, uh, no either one of the nights. But yeah. I do think it does say something. And again, you know, got to give WWE credit, you know, uh, do when it's due. This is a rematch from Backlash. And the fact that they can't get you excited for a rematch from Backlash from last year so shows, you know, what a good booking can do. Yes, because you can. I mean, again, even that match at Backlash was, which was a good match. It was a solid match. Um You can you can have a Lashley lose and then still ascend if you book the person properly. It's a matter of they know what to do. It's just when do they want to do it? And they are a company that while they're this million dollar, billion dollar corporation, they're basically a mom and pop shop. And they operate a lot of times under mom and pop rules. And when one of those individuals is showing diminished capacities, it can be a bit of a problem. They know what to do. It's just a matter of. You know, do they want to do it or do they want to chop their nose off despite their face? I'm not going to stand for all this WWE slander. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation, sir. Okay, multi-billion dollar. Please get this right. Multi, uh, my apologies. They are a multi-billion dollar corporation uh, with ties to the Trump uh, presidency. Uh, Thank but you. so I yes, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, right. very good. Multi-billionaire. Yeah. So <laughs> now, um, so speaking of, I, I do think we have the main event for WrestleMania all set. Uh, actually, with both of them, both nights. I think we got our main events. I think they're both coming from the blue brand, the SmackDown mm -hmm. brand, the better brand, um, mm -hmm. the number one brand, the A show, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like we're going to get Roman versus Edge. I believe when Edge first won uh, the Royal Rumble, me and you assumed it was going to be Edge versus Drew McIntyre. I think that's yeah, kind I of think, where I it looks like I it had it. Edge, I figured you know, a heel coming back, yeah. you know, he gave a few hints he was going to be back as a heel, revert yeah. back to his 
um, you know, rated R superstar, the opportunist, etc. And I do think WWE, well, I believe there's a better story to be told in Edge versus McIntyre than Edge versus Roman. I, I understand why they did it. This is yeah. their first show with the crowd, and I don't think they wanted to risk having a split crowd with a true and Edge. Yeah. Because yeah. as good as Edge is at playing heel, he's a legend. He's and a legend, and think... he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be beloved. He's gonna be beloved. And there's people who, let's be honest, again, gonna be in, even in that stadium, uh, who you know don't really know Joe McIntyre, right? Sure. And but they know Edge. Sure. So of course they're gonna root for him, regardless of the dastardly deeds he did in the run up to their. Uh, how many, yeah, how many people are they having in, in that? Last I heard, it was 25,000. So yeah. same as the Super Bowl, half, yeah. pretty much half the stadium. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – that's honestly, they're taking a risk with even that, especially in America. But, yeah, 25,000, you, while you could do that, some – you know, yeah, you 25,000 in a stadium makes sense. Uh, 25,000 in just like a regular basketball arena, you know, too dangerous. But, yeah. Well, those are open now. I mean, we have, know, know, yeah, no, no, so, they, yeah, the NBA, I mean, they're, but they ain't doing, they ain't doing, they ain't no, doing no. that thing out. So, and because they don't, you don't need people in that close proximity. That's true. But yeah, um, I do think that, again, I think they made the right call, even if there was a better story elsewhere. Uh, that being right. said, Edge and Roman, how do you, uh, how do you feel about that one? And where, um, and, and what have you seen with, with it, uh, you know, kind of uh, the latest developments on, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch SmackDown this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, tr- I trust all the players involved. So I, I'm sure that it'll be, it'll make for good, compelling stuff. I think, you know, Roman is playing his part very, very well. Um, Edge, I, I don't worry about at all. Edge is one of the best that the WWE has ever produced um, he should be in a top 10 conversation for, for that company, uh, without question. He's kind of like their Ric Flair to me. Um, and I say that as a, as a huge compliment, uh, Paul Heyman is, is in there. So again, no reason to worry there. Uh, Jay Uso's in there. No reason to worry there. Uh, in terms of how the story progresses, well, time will tell. Um, but I'm sure that whatever story they put together, it will be compelling because what they're doing now is they're, they're doing a good job of making this a mad dash to WrestleMania on both brands. They're doing a very good job of making you understand that people are scrambling to get there. They're scrambling to get in where they fit in. So you still have Daniel Bryan lurking around the perimeter in much the same way that on Raw, you have these moving parts that are lurking around the perimeter of that main event. So um, I, I, from a panoramic perspective, the whole screen, I like what I see. How they choose to develop that story, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll, be, it'll be very, very fine. Do I know what it's going to look like yet? No. But they have a lot of things they can do. Um, I think there's so much, you have so much more time to get out of Roman Reigns' heel run that you really need to hone in on that a bit more and you need to hone in on the desperation, the cowardice, the cheating um, when, because everyone knows he's a badass and the stuff that he did with Kevin Owens was really, really good in showing that yes, I am badass, but I am fragile. And, and, and my fragility is makes me weak and playing into that more would be very entertaining but also at the same time edge is a great baby face and he's an amazing heel so you could do a number of things really no and he's absolutely there's a level of insecurity that's the thing that's been really they've done a good job of of having roman reigns be this not just a a cartoon character cartoon heel but you know kind of a three-dimensional character who sure you know yes believes he is you know amazing and he's going to say all the heel things about being the the best person who's carrying WWE on his back but also you know there is that insecurity where hey, I need Edge to pick me because I need to be the main event I need to be the well because because honestly what isn't that so stoked in truth though how many main events has the man been given that no one wanted to see him in I mean the reality of it is it's a, it's a great story in that and people can say what they want Roman Reigns was a despised character I've never in my life seen anyone pushed that hard for that long who the people did not want to see in that position. I reckon he was selling shirts. I reckon he must have been or something like that because that the WWE did an incredible disservice of themselves where they actually went out of their way to lose viewership while pushing this man to the moon. So there are a lot of WrestleMania main events that quite frankly, 
I mean, I watched them when they happened. I wouldn't watch them again because it was done all wrong. This is not a knock on the man's ability. This was not, it's not a knock on his, on his talents. It's a knock on the presentation of the man. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would disagree with you. I right. mean, it took a, a, a you know Seth Rollins cash in to kind of save his first main event in 31. Yeah. And I don't think he, we can be honest, he hasn't really had a good one since. There's a few things to be found redeeming, in my opinion. I, I know you'll disagree with him. Uh, in the I won the Triple H match, I think that was, was terrible. It was terrible. I won't say it was terrible. It was not. It was I, not good. It was the not crowd good. popped for it in the end. It was not. It, there was yeah, a they pop did. They, 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 they got there. No, you know what? You know what? You know why they? You know why they popped? Because it was over. That's why they popped. <laughs> they popped because the match was finished. And also, that's also that's also a slide on Triple H. There was nothing. They again, it was booked all wrong because in the lead up to that, Roman Reigns would be sitting there getting killed, hit with a sledgehammer, and the people were cheering. So this is a man who has been in main events that he had no business being in. He was put there and he was positioned incorrectly. He, the character him, knows this. So he knows now I deserve to be here. I will do anything. Let them, I don't care. It's me. It's my family. It's everything. Give me. And it's good because it's real. It comes from a real, he he knows. Because the reality of it is with his leukemia, with his life, man, yo, bro, I don't think you get in 10 years out that man. I just don't yeah, sure. see it. I, I just think that he has other things that he can do. Um, and, and again, with COVID still being so prevalent, how much more risk is he willing to put himself at? Because th- this is not just a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic, which means it's here. The shots that everyone oh, ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. So mm-hmm. how much more risk you will put yourself in? So the man, I don't think, is super long for this world as a result. The, the the insecurity the character shows is so real and so palpable because I know as as stand-ups we've both felt that I need this thing you must give me this why don't I have this I what do you it. mean I deserve this mm-hmm. look at what I do look at this and they sit there and they tell you okay but wait or they give it or they give you or you know that show that you got that you're like I'm about to crush it and you don't and you got to sit there with that feel but then you get another opportunity and, and the people are like, man, you got to prove something. You got to show them. I deserve to be in this position. You must give me it. You must pick me. If you want what is good, you will pick me. And if you don't, then you are a coward, exposing yourself in effect. I think they've done that very well. And again, I do think it says something about WWE that I think we both, in a way, trust them to tell them that story. Trust them to tell it, the it, story. It, 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 it says so- expose, you yeah. know, and, 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 you know, have this kind of big giant heel, the head of the table, the the mafia Don who is ultimately insecure because of his past failures. And, you know, somebody like Edge would be the perfect person to pick it apart, right? Somebody who heel of face has never mm-hmm. really lacked confidence. I don't think right. we've ever, I right. mean, the man had sex on live TV. You got to yeah. be confident to do that. Got to got a big rating. I do think that, yeah, no, totally. I think, um, I think I trust Paul Heyman in this mm-hmm. regard. I trust Paul Heyman um, because, uh, it, it, it seems that from all appearances, we got to this point with Roman Reigns, with Vince McMahon kicking and screaming. So I trust the elements around it to make it work, um, not the person who's presenting it. I, I, I'm not saying I don't try. I, I, he doesn't get all the credit. It's everyone else. It's it's Roman. It's his, it's it's Edge. It's gonna be Paul. It's gonna be Paul and everyone else in that nucleus. And then Vince is the one that says go out on TV. No, absolutely. Um, let's not make a mistake about this. I want people to be clear where we stand for. We are WWE Shields. This is what we do this for. Sure. I am trying to get a deal. I'm trying to get yeah. a WWE and manscaping money. That's why yeah, we started want, a podcast. Yeah, you want that. You want that bread. You absolutely. want that money. That, that being said, there are things happening outside WWE. Anything particular happened this week? Well, there's a lot of things that happened this week. Thank God. Anything, what, what's the thing outside WWE, the main two shows uh, that excited you the most, my friend? Well, honestly, we finally got to see Kenta versus John Moxley for the IEWGP United States Championship, and I love the the build because it's been basically a year in the make, close to a year in the making, rather. And um, it's, it's also the, the New Japan Pro Wrestling really coming back into the United States, which I think this was the plan last year, but everything got mucked up because of COVID. So still, they're on that push to come here. They got the deal. Um, what was it? What was it? Uh, I can't remember if it's not Peacock. Um, it's it's Roku. Yeah, Roku. Yeah, got got the, don't we don't sleep on Roku. 
Yeah, yeah, Roku. Roku I, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody, I'm doing great. I'm a, I'm a owner of a podcast, and mm-hmm. I still have, a, still have a Roku. So I think the majority of Americans are not too good for it. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah, I mean they got, they got the deal with Roku, and they're still shopping deals. So that's great. Um, I think that that really made me excited. Uh, New Japan has their show today, uh, which is gonna be. I think you got Okada versus Evil. You've got White versus Ishi. Um, you haven't seen it yet, have you? I have not seen it yet. Then I will not talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I did not, I didn't get to see it. I just, like, before we even started the podcast, I just finished Moxley uh, Kenta. It's a so, lot. It's a lot. A lot of things happening this week. But go okay, ahead. I, let me stop cutting you off. Yeah, and also on the flip side of that, you got that. You know, you got AEW continuing to push their thing. Revolution is taking shape. Um, I will say this. I will be ordering Revolution. I have found uh, AEW pay-per-views to be very enjoyable. Uh, they everyone works exceptionally hard and again with me to the viewers listening uh, one of the things and one if you're listening thank you so much Two, one of the things that I really care about as it relates to pro wrestling is presentation because to me presentation is everything we have to understand what it is that we're watching right we're watching something that is kind of a nod and a wink and saying okay well you kind of get what's going on but don't disrespect me with it. If you tell me, if you show me that nothing matters, if you show me that everything is cartoonish in nature, then I'm less interested because I want to believe. I need to, for the purposes, for the time that I'm watching, I actually wanna believe, I wanna be engaged. I don't wanna have to sit there in the moment and be overly critical of this, no. I know the story of these characters, who's going to win, who's going to lose. I have a vested interest in one of these people. So I want my person to win. That is how I watch and take in pro wrestling when done effectively. When it's not done effectively, I'm mad as hell. Um, but I, I thought that Kenta, John Moxley was very good because of those two characters and because of New Japan's consistent need to present their top talents, their top stars and their top titles effectively am i wrong in this or was kenta the the face in this match uh i think i think kenta i think in the u.s moxley's definitely the baby face although kenta's beloved kenta people have to understand about kenta man kenta like helped shape a generation so when i sit there and say that the man's a legit world champion with uh pro wrestling noah the man came up under Kenta Kobayashi. I mean, this guy was in the thick of it. Um, so it's, I, I want to say in the U.S., I think Mox would be the baby face, but I don't know, man. Kenta's so beloved. Well, no, I'm just saying from say. the way that the match flowed. Like, like, to me, you know, and again, that's the, the, that's what I'm saying. That's what made the match interesting to me was the fact that, you know, Kenta came in as the Bullet Club, you know, mm-hmm. heel John Moxley came in as the, the baby face kind of, you know, on his way to, you know, trying to regain the AEW world title and also being a champion kind of not allowed to defend it, you know, due to uh, powers beyond them. But, and yet, watching this match, I found myself rooting for Kenta. And it's not, you know, and because I think he was just so defiant in this match and kind of fighting from underneath. Maybe it's the size difference. I mean, you know, we know Kenta always, you know, pretty much the entire time, especially in in his 90s run. Yeah, uh, and, and for us, and no, we always fought much bigger dudes. You yes. know, I think he was the first junior to win the heavyweight title. Yeah, he was, the, he was one of wrong. the. Yeah, he was one of the first juniors to make. Because again, in Japan, I mean, again, they present things very, very appropriately. If you're a junior and you go up to a heavy, you have to put on that weight, and it's a big thing because a junior is going to have a tough time against a natural heavyweight. Good big man beats good little man. That's the theory, and that's the working way that they do things. So Kenta was just Kenta is just that special of a generational talent, and was so it's so popular, uh, especially at the time with like no limit and stuff like that. That this guy could just transcend. And the the kids in the states, that guy was that guy came over here to Ring of Honor, and he was one of the gods. You know, it, it was it was Kenta. And I remember seeing this guy and thinking, I love him. And what a mean bastard. What a mean, <laughs> like all the, a lot of this shit that you see like Pac do now, some of the disrespectful, bro, that's Kenta. Kenta was like a baby face slapping people in the face, like kicking them in the, like they're nothing like, yeah, like disgusted with you. Just like a real tough dude. Um, 
and so I, I, I guess also I think at the same time it's kind of uh, it's kind of the it's also you got Moxley in there, so you got Death Rider and Moxley. How he's Moxley gonna do whatever the fuck Moxley wants to do, especially in Japan where he's kind of taken on this um, where a lot of Americans, some Americans do not all, but Moxley's taken on this kind of like wild man Brody isk type of thing with the death rider. Again, it ain't the paradigm shift in New Japan. It's the death rider, the, which I think is even more badass. Oh, it's way like, more badass. Yeah, I think like his Somebody music- like John Moxley, no disrespect to him, but like just as, as a man, but I mean, as his character, I don't think you should know the word paradigm. He yeah. does not, he's not a reader. The, he's the, a, the man is a hardcore fighter. He should yeah. not even know what that means, to be that's honest fair. I, That's fair. He's from Cincinnati. I wouldn't expect him to, you know, say like- Precisely, you get it. Yeah. I don't want this guy out here, you know, quoting, you know, Schopenheim, you know, and all this other business. Yeah, there's no there's no need for that. But, yeah, I think that uh, it can very well could be Moxley's just such a violent individual and all his matches take on this. It, you may like me. You may hate. I am here, as he says, glorious pro wrestling violence. And that's what he advocates. So I'm sure in some instances he can look sort of heelish. I remember watching his match with MJF and um I remember watching that match, enjoying it, but I was like, you're making MJF look like the baby face in terms of how you're working, in terms of how the match was worked because Moxley, in effect, based on the rules, cheated to win. Now, by the logic, you could be like, yeah, but MJF, he'd stack the odds against him and he doesn't. Sure, sure, sure. But if you go back and you watch the match, who bled? It was MJF. <laughs> it was MJF bleeding like a stuck pig, getting murdered, kicking out of everything. And in that regard, I'm like, it should have switched. It should have been a little different because you're making MJF look like the fighting from underneath never say die babyface who gets cheated in the end with an illegal maneuver. Uh, whereas it, it should have been on the flip side and you could still have Moxley cheat in the end. But yeah, I think with Mox, the lines can get blurred there. Absolutely, and, and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. To be fair, no, no, I do no, think, no, you know, no. Especially in 2021, pro wrestling is supposed to be the best. Wrestlers are the ones who are, yeah, uh, complex individuals. I mean, look at Steve Austin. Absolutely. I mean, Steve, nothing really changed with Steve Austin too much. Even when he was a heel, he still hit you low. If that's what the situation called for, that's what he was going to do. Look at Eddie Hulk Hogan used an eye poke when he exactly, was the most popular yeah. wrestler in the world. Yeah, eye pokes, back rakes, like you were, mm-hmm. yo, back He's in the day, dirty, dirty human yeah. being dirty person he was a dirty dirty fighter who always had issue with jack tunney i always found that very <laughs> he would always be like that low down no good jack tunney i'm like bruh that was four years ago let this <laughs> thing go <laughs> so yeah my man held on to grudges like a true like a, again like, like a, true like a real shoot. like a real american, american <laughs> like uh, you know. I will say this: the, the, it's very hard to book Moxley because even in the and I think he comes off best in New Japan because it's so serious. Yes. But even when you look at his face, he's cartoony guy. Mm-hmm. He is a little bit, you know, no matter you know, he can go through uh, bar wires and rakes and uh, you know two by fours and everything else. He does do cartoony face expressions, and I do think the problem you know has he had in WWE is that Vince saw those cartoony face expressions and was like, "Well, that's your whole character now." Yeah, I think I think the problem in WWE is Vince sucked in booking. <laughs> I think I think that very was just literally yeah. Very he just stunk in booking the guy. He, there's no other way about it. It sucked. The vast majority of it sucked. Uh, they had some. And again, I'll be fair in this regard. Moxley had some stumbles as WWE champion, the most notable of which was his match with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, which, again, should have gone in the opposite direction. The match itself was fine. It just should have been Dolph having Moxley's offense and Moxley having Dolph's offense because the moment that bell rang, everyone knew Dolph wasn't going to win because it was Moxley's match. Moxley took 80% of the match. It should have been Dolph is going to win this. He's dominating on every cylinder. Boom. Uh, uh, Paradigm. I don't know what they called it. Dirty deeds. Dirty deeds. Yeah, and then he gets him out of there, but it, it went the other way, and it took the energy out of the crowd. And also, no disrespect to Mox, he was also dealing with the ascension of AJ Styles, who had been the best in the world for years uh, consecutively. And AJ came in and just it just couldn't lose. <laughs> like AJ just came in and, and couldn't lose, and and that was that. Most everything else, though, they how they booked him, he sucked. He he was cannon fodder for the ascension. Of, of Seth Rollins and for, right. the, and for the unneeded ascension of Roman Reigns when he was clearly the most popular 
of the of the three. Um, so to me, it's like, yo, bro, like screw it, like screw him, screw him. But like when he got that, he got the title a year too late. You know, he should have had the, he should have got the big pop with the title. Screw him. He chases it. They didn't even do that. So Vince's issue with Moxley was Vince just not been showing diminished ability to effectively book and make stars because the WWE has been very clear about this is that they're not particularly high on having marquee stars right now. We always have to keep that in mind. When you speak in that way, you're speaking in a very, very dangerous way. So um, with, with AEW though, and with new Japan, the minute that Moxley leaves WWE, he's a fucking star again, like a superstar again, like quick, fast and in a hurry. He left 2019. We were like, Oh yeah, this is him. He's the, he, he looks like he's, he's the man. He came into new Japan and just beat people up, just beat up juice Robinson and just beat this man. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is the, yeah, that's him. With, with, you know, with rhetoric such as this, we'll never get a WWE bag. Um, I started this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I, I, no, it's no I, worries. I, just... <laughs> um, I think you are. You you said nothing wrong for the most part. Um, I do think again. I, the, my, that's my only thing with Moxley. Moxley, I think he completely. He was maybe so hurt by his WWE cartoonishness. I do think he needs to embrace it because that's who he is naturally. He's a naturally just, a, in my opinion. And again, this is my reception of him. Uh, who he is as a as 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 personality, much less than maybe his wrestling style. Is he slightly a cartoonish person? Which you, you can be both. You can be, you know, you don't have to be doing like a fringe or something corny with it. But again, just you can just embrace that part of you, and maybe you know. And and, to, and I think at his best matches, he has right. There is a certain you know, grab something from the audience and hit you with it, kind of that yes, ECW yeah. aesthetic, yeah, right? Yeah. To his best matches, look at his match with Ishii. You know, probably yeah. arguably his best match ever. Yeah. I think again, that's he's at his best when he embraces it. Um, he's gonna have a rematch with Omega in an upcoming pay per view, an exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah, uh, how are we feeling? I'm feeling like Renee Young about to be like, This is gonna be the last time, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker, I, I'm, I'm carrying your kid, so I feel like Renee is just like, cause I, I don't, I think she saw, I think she found out when we found out. <laughs> like, so I think she's gonna, she, she's gonna. She's going to tell John Good, <laughs> hey, I love you. I support you. We are having a kid. Honestly, here's how I feel about it. I, I have I every match I've seen of Omega versus Moxley. I've liked I've enjoyed a whole, whole lot. Um, I assume that this one will be no different. I will say this, though. I've never seen an exploding barbed wire match that I've enjoyed. Because just you know, I've just never. I've I, seen the I, McFoley matches, the Terry Funk matches, and they are fine. I, I didn't yeah. say I, I wouldn't say I hate them, but it's not a match I need to watch twice. Yeah, you know, I mean, I see it once, and I'm just like, all right, that that that's. I, I mean, I've seen the FMW shit, like I've Onita and all this stuff, and it's just like, bro, like, yeah, I'm not that again. It's it's the it's the it's like the BDSM of professional wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I can't, that, that's where you lose me. And I also understand that it probably won't be as, I'm about to shoot myself in the foot. I highly doubt it'll be as graphic as the FMW Onita Terry Fuck uh, Cactus Jack matches, but I'll be interested to see what they do. And I, and I think it'll be very, very creative. And uh, I think it's a good way to maybe get Moxley off television. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think that's, you know, he, the, the, the man needs a break, you know, yeah. again. So um, do agree with you. It is, unfor- it is unfortunate that, you know, as he's taking the break, the U.S. title is back kind of back on the shelf, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes like that. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Like, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's not again. New Japan has enough titles where they can have one title that's special attraction for yeah, their also- U.S. base. Well, and also at the same time, you know, he takes a break. That doesn't necessarily mean he stops wrestling altogether. It just means that, hey, you know, maybe I got to pay attention to the wife. I got to do that thing. Um, they can still take the title off a minute. There are enough Americans in New Japan currently, you know, that they can, in fact, take the title. off. I don't think it's the right thing to take the belt off of him um, because he's the most over of the Americans. He has the, the hardest and the biggest name recognition of the Americans. He's actually helping like, you know, him being a part of them is helping get uh, those, those other companies talking. So, you know, I think it's a good way to get him off AEW TV. 
So now speaking of to continue uh, the AW Revolution preview, so to speak, uh, your childhood idol is going to be wrestling a match. His first match, yeah, uh, you know, uh, in in since, how many since, six since years? Seth Rollins That's chose right. to be a terribly unsafe worker and almost crippled the man. Sure. Again, as a WWE show, I have to point out, uh, Sting has said Seth Rollins did nothing wrong. Because Sting is one. Because Sting is established as one of the nicest men that's ever graced a professional wrestling ring. Everyone says this. I'm, I'm, I'm just heard, pointing this out. I'm when, just when pointing this out. Ever, when have you ever that's heard? It. When have you ever heard Sting complain? I uh, he, well, the man hasn't spoke for a very long time. So, so to be fair, that was part of his gimmick was not so, speaking yeah, for a very I, long time. Yeah. So we. So yeah, we got what Darby Allen, Sting versus Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think they're doing a good thing with the street fight dynamic. Once again, it looks like it helps out Darby a lot, adds layers to his character. I'm very high on Ricky Starks. Brian Cage is very impressive. Um, I I will watch, and I will – I Sting is my favorite professional wrestler ever. He's top five best babyface to have ever lived. I have no desire to see him wrestle. I just, I don't, there's no, the kid in me doesn't do that because the kid in me is still a grown man who has to pay a Comcast bill and knows about the complexities of life. So for me, I just worry. I mean, that's, that's again. I think that's part of the, 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 the match. Cause my, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing, and I'm seeing how is this 13 year old skateboarder going to protect the 62 year old man from these mean muscular guys he's got these they young seem like muscular... they're going to dest- they seem like they're going to destroy him right and apparently... and, and that's where the match is you know that's that to be honest with you i think that's kind of why i'm interested in it right because this yeah. this is the match that in all honesty kind of you know that's what we want from from wrestling right we yeah. want to as horrible as it sounds worry legitly yes and i you am wanna, legit yeah, worried yeah. about you want to worry about your baby face you want to worry right. about what's going to happen to them so yeah they'll they've they've done that they got me with the worry i am incredibly uh, worried. Uh, I know Sting has passed their protocols. Um, he's been taking in the training. He's been taking power bombs. We saw him take a power bomb from buying Cage. All of that is well, good, and fine. The man is about to be 62. One bad bump, and all of this goes to hell. Um, and uh, but if he feels comfortable doing it, then you know, Mazel Tov to him. And, uh, you know, good, good on you. I will worry. I have no doubt they're going to massacre Darby Allen um, because because you have to book Darby Allen very uh, correctly. And how you book him correctly is you murder him for the majority of the match. And then somehow he pulls it off, um, which makes him a compelling champion. How long he'll be able to do that as champion you know, it, it will be the question, but I think I'm excited for that. I'm really excited. Me personally, as it relates to that match, I'm just excited to see more of Ricky Starks. Um, really high on that. The dude, he got the juice. Ricky got Ricky got the juice, baby. Ricky, you think you think he's gonna be? See, I was always uh, uh I'm a body guy being a WWE show, so I'm always more of a Cage fan, and I'm just more familiar with his work. I'm familiar with him from K- uh, Lucha on the ground. Uh, yeah. Ricky Starks, I just saw you know a few matches. I thought him. Oh, versus Rusty Blount was an excellent match. Yeah, Ricky the Starks, better, probably Ricky the Starks. best match on AEW television for my money this week. Yeah, that yeah that, on that show, yeah, I thought they I thought they had a tremendous match. Ricky Starks is just a really good wrestler. Um, watch some of his stuff from AEW Dark. You know, he just works with a lot of guys. Everything he has, in my opinion, the best looking spear. Everything he does looks exceptionally solid. He does have a great physique. He's just not a big you know big dude. Uh, but I think with him, you know, you've got to invest in that. He's got the charisma. He's got the talent. He can work in the ring. That's a guy you can really invest a lot of time into. Um, and that's why I guess they're creating another show. So I'm really excited to see that. I do like Brian Cage. I think Brian Cage right now finds himself in an interesting position that he has a belt that they ain't doing nothing with. So they kind of have to figure that out. You know, they kind of you do have a built in FTW belt for him figure out what the FTW belt is and then give it a purpose. And then we can go from there. You know, I think that is totally fine. Every belt should have a purpose. Um, the TNT title has a purpose. That's the world television title for ba- for all basic intensive purposes. And honestly, it's very, very clever and it does the job very, very well. Um, but yeah, with Cage, they just got to figure out what to do. They got to figure out what to do with both those individuals. 
I'm just more of a Ricky Starks guy because he he checks all the boxes to me. Uh, as far as Darby Allen, I mean, for all three of those individuals, let's not make this, you know, uh, it's like this is a huge look for all of them, right? Oh, yeah. Having totally. a match Without with a being a legend like that, that's a rock. Yeah. And that Without elevates question. all their status regardless of, which is why it's smart booking. And again, yes. it's, you know, as somebody who is a WWE show, I have to admit, AEW has just been booking really consistently well. Yes. Or pretty much since their inception. Yes. And this is a further example of it where it almost does not matter how the match ends. Right. All, you know, Sting doesn't need to be elevated anymore. And mm-hmm. all the other three other participants, there's more interest in seeing what they do next going yes. forward. Yes. Uh, Darby Allen is someone who, to appreciate his work, I have to look at him through like myself as a 13 year old. Yeah. Because as a 13 year old, he would be my favorite wrestler in the world. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. He's cool. He skateboards. He does that death defined things. He's got a dark music. He's a dark character. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, my favorite wrestler was Kane. And I, yeah. uh, that's, you know, and then my second favorite was Vampiro. My third, third favorite was Psychosis. So, yeah. the, you know, there was, I had a type. Yeah. As a, as, as a little kid, <laughs> yeah. as a misunderstood immigrant that I was. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, Darby Allen would be right there as, as, as a 30-year-old, I you know, it's a little hard to relate to, to a guy yeah. who skateboards to the ring and paints half his face black, but do all that um, angst. <laughs> all the angst. Uh, <laughs> just just relax, buddy. You know, yeah. but um I do think you know he still he puts on good matches, and I am excited about so. what what you know what the, he can do in the street fight settings with two very other capable hands. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I mean, they're all they're all good talents. That's not in question. Darby Allen put on a tremendous match with Joey Janela a couple weeks back. I thought it was the best match I'd seen from him. I uh, was really, really a fan of that. All of the guys can go, even staying, you know, at this, at this, you know, advanced stage of his life is very capable. Um, out of all of them, he's the one that can throw a punch the best. So I, I, I <laughs> put a put a lot on that. Not too many pro wrestlers these days can throw punches. It's kind of sad. But, it is very um, sad. It's very, very sad. Um, everyone can kick though, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think no matter, I think you're absolutely right. All three of them get the rub by the match. It's a, it's a high profile match. They're booking it as such, and it'll be entertaining. Everybody can kick except for Nido and Phoenix for some reason. There are two of my favorite pro wrestlers who's every match I enjoy. Somehow night Phoenix can, you know, just like get thrown to the ropes and like yeah. run the ropes and do some amazing stuff, but can't do a decent kick to the midsection. And same thing with Naito. Somehow yeah. he can land on his neck a million times and be okay. But a decent kick to the midsection that clearly hits, uh, you know, nothing but air is just not a, not in his wheelhouse, which is weird to me. It's very listen. We all have our we all have our flaws. We all we sure do. We all we, sure we all do. have our shortcomings as as professional. And yet, <laughs> yet we persevere through them to deliver a hell of a, of a, of a great debut show. Yes. Um, we unfortunately are out of time. We will get to John Cena's Instagram next week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes. Is there any parting words you have, Satoya? Uh, yeah, I think that to all those that would listen, thank you so much. This is really, really nice. If you're listening, um, we are fans of pro wrestling, and we want to give this to you guys. And uh, please remember to breathe with Jay White, uh, arguably the best overall talent in the professional wrestling business. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This was the first episode of Give Me the Book. We will catch you next week. Have a good day.